The Fast and the Furious brought us the world of aftermarket tuning. It's brought us many different things within the aftermarket tuning marketplace. From imports to muscle cars to full-scale off-road builds. They've done it all. But they're missing one of the fastest growing aftermarket segments in the world. Now how can a movie that centers itself around cars completely miss one of the biggest aftermarket scenes in the world right now? Could it be that they don't believe in it? Or could it be that the crossover utility marketplace really isn't a true aftermarket scene? AutoWorks.net Autopod, streaming day or night, coming right at you, right here, right now. Welcome back to the Autolux Podcast. I am your host, as always, the doctor to the automotive industry, Mr. Everett J himself, coming to you from podbeam.com and our main automotive website that has corporate website link pages, blogs, and automotive reviews, including this podcast, www.autolux.net will bring you to all of the automotive information from myself and the whole Autolux team. And if you like it, what you hear today, please share comment or like on social media pages inclusive of our facebook twitter or linkedin today we're talking about the crossover utility vehicle aftermarket scene yes it does exist now it's an aftermarket scene that really didn't exist until this century yes the 21st century is pretty much the introduction of the crossover utility marketplace crossover utilities have been around for a long time essentially the model t was a cuv was it a sedan Not really, because that sedan could go anywhere. You don't take a brand new Volkswagen Passat and drive it through a dirt field. No, but you could do that with a Model T. So essentially the Model T was the original crossover utility market. But we're talking about the aftermarket industry. Yes, aftermarkets, customized, performance-orientated versions of these crossover utility markets. Now with the fall of sedans and wagons giving way to the crossover utility marketplace, we all knew that the aftermarket scene would eventually pick up on it. The unfortunate thing for us Today is the true aftermarket scene SEMA still hasn't picked up on it the Tokyo Auto Salon showcases few crossover utility markets they do some but they still put more of an emphasis on their micro vans sedans and sports cars and even hatchbacks with the crossover utilities getting backstage to all of those products now why is it the largest automotive segment in the world gets the least showcase when it comes to the aftermarket scene well maybe it's because CUVs are owned by mostly family people or people that move around their friends they're not a product you buy with the presumption that you're going to tune it when you buy a subaru brz do you think you want to add more horsepower aftermarket wheels lowering kits spoilers like all those things to it yes it's in the back of your head when you buy a full-size pickup truck do you think of adding winches tonneau covers roll bars and even mud tires yes you consider it i myself can attest to this i own a five speed sits in my garage which is my two tuner car i've had sedans before and hell even done customized versions of those sedans because they were low to the ground i wanted to put power in them and make them look good but in my day i've owned two crossover utility vehicles neither one of them i ever thought of customizing a 2007 mazda cx9 what would you do to that how would you make it look good really now there are sites online like 3dtuning.com a link for it can be found on our website 3d tuning allows you to take modern vehicles even some of the classic 
graphics and make them look cool. It allows you to customize them without spending thousands of dollars on it. It's an amazing website. I use it. My son loves it and loves building cars on it. Now I did a Mazda CX-7 on that site and even after customizing it, I still looked at it and said, eh, yeah, okay. It's not a market people think of when they want to build custom rides. SEMA showcases things from it all the time. Take a look at it. Every single year, Kia shows up with a Sorento Customize. They do lowered versions and they do off-road versions because in the CUV marketplace, there's so much versatility. You can create a custom lowrider to bring you, your friends, and a massive stereo system to the beach where you could be pumping the tombs, surfing the waves. Next to that, they can also give you a product that you can leave your house in the morning and go climb up the edge of a mountain to go rock climbing. There's so much versatility in this marketplace. But why? Why is it not as big as it should be? The available options for aftermarket accessories for full-size trucks, 4x4 SUVs, sedans, and sports cars is still greater than what you will find for the crossover utility marketplace. You could find more products to build an off-road Jeep Wrangler than you can for a Hyundai Santa Fe. Now, why would you even consider customizing a Hyundai Santa Fe? It's a vehicle you move your family around in. Like I said with my CX-9, I moved my family around in it. Would I lift it to go off-road? No, it's a unibody platform. It doesn't have that beefed up frame that I require to go rock climbing. Would I drop it down and create a street cruiser out of it? Not really. But the funny thing with this is the custom van marketplace is big. I have seen many Honda Odysseys and even Toyota Sienna's customized, dropped down and made into cruiser vehicles. More than I have ever seen utility markets. The CUV marketplace is huge. There are so many product offerings out there, but their image is too sedan orientated to make them appeal to the aftermarket industry which is kind of funny because when you consider the aftermarket industry sedans became huge in the early 2000s when the rise of the too fast and the too furious movie and the mitsubishi lancer was a four-door four-door with the likes of rally racing using the evolution and the wrx sti sedans blew up so could that be part of the problem maybe cuvs need to go racing gotta think about it more people got into customizing lowrider versions and sport versions of trucks when the Camping World Series truck racing series took off. People started looking at trucks as more than a burly workhorse to go mudding. They saw it could have street potential and it's not just lowrider customs. It's not those old Mazda B series or Toyota Tacomas that you drop down up a hydraulics on. People are doing this with full-size pickup trucks now. Yeah, we all get it in the 90s. Chevy Silverados lowered with ground effects kits were kind of big, but they were one of the very limited full-size pickup trucks that got into the market. Nowadays, go to SEMA and see how many Dodge Rams, Nissan Titans, Toyota Tundras, and Sierras you will find lower just as much as lifted. Now, the CUV marketplace also has one more benefit. Compared to their SUV brethren, they have better gas efficiency, which means they're better for daily use abilities. My CX-9 was great on fuel. Not the best thing you can think of, but when you compare it to the vehicle that I had replaced it with, it got the same. My CX-9 got the same mileage for 2007 CX-9 as I did for a 2000 Ford Taurus. It's all-wheel drivability made it a lot better to handle through snow and on dirt roads. Like, I used to go flying down back roads with this thing. It was amazing. That thing handled great for a vehicle of that size. I used to be able to take on-ramps, going around on-ramps 
stops and taking them in between 70 and 80 kilometers an hour. You were able to do that in this vehicle because its setup was similar to that of a sedan, unibody construction. Now, if I lowered that thing, added some strut braces, I could have got better handling out of it. When you look back at it now, it's like, yeah, you can lower those things to get better sport appeal and handling out of them while still maintaining amazing fuel mileage. But I still wouldn't consider it. When I lost that vehicle last year when somebody hit it, I replaced it with the 2008 Kia Borrego, the only body-on-frame SUV ever created by Kia for the North American marketplace. Now, I drive a freaking unicorn because parts are a pain in the ass to find, but that thing turned heads. After buying it, I needed winter tires. So what did I go with? I went with winter-rated all-terrain tires. I never take them off. And with that, I got a choice of aftermarket wheels. Now, my Borrego doesn't look like anything else. The standard Kia steel wheels are sitting in my garage because I went with aftermarket to make my truck more truck-inspired, to give it that aftermarket appeal. And then I tinted the rear lights. Now, I haven't done much to it since it's a family vehicle. But now, with the arrival of a new family vehicle for my wife, I could start putting more effort into my truck project. I have my fun car. Now, I got my truck. But why didn't I do that with my, my CX-9? Because you don't. Like we said, it's not one of those things people consider for fun. How many people look at rock climbers when they see a Kia Sorento doing it and think they're going to break? Because when you break something on a Wrangler, it's not as bad. Sure, cracking a frame on a Wrangler could be just as bad as cracking your unibody. The unfortunate thing is with a crack in a unibody, it can go all the way through. A crack in a frame is a crack in a frame. So for off-road abilities, would you really consider building a crossover utility vehicle to go mudding? Not really. When the capabilities of a quad far exceed that crossover utility vehicle in the off-road environment. So what's really the matter with the aftermarket industry for crossover utility vehicles? The car companies know that there's a market for this. Take a look at every CUV out there. Go to our website, autolux.net, click on rated and go down to, you can even see 2021, go to the aftermarket, go down and see how many products are out there in this CUV, as I call it, the utility aftermarket scene. You won't find that many actual SUV body on frame ones. You will find more crossover utility. You'll find more CUVs. Why? Because they're versatile and car companies know it. And because of its product range, they also include coupes and convertibles. CUV coupe marketplace is starting to take off. And with people already customizing sedans, CUV coupes was just a natural order for someone like Mercedes to go into. Mercedes has AMG versions of each one of their coupe profile CUVs. Does Brabus have a version of every single one of those? No. Why not? Why do they still only tune the G-Class off-road instead of doing the GLA and GLC? It's because they know the people who buy those products aren't willing to spend thousands of dollars to customize them. When I bought my CX-9, I bought it for moving my family around and having a lot of storage space in it. I never thought of customizing it. Hell, the Taurus I had before it, I considered buying an old SHO and dropping that motor underneath the hood to get a powerful sedan, adding the ground effects kit from the SHO as well, tuning it. Hell, I owned a Plymouth Acclaim when I was in college that I actually have through my customizing site, ECC, I made custom versions of it. I even started building some of the parts. Putting a target top and a body kit on a Plymouth Acclaim makes it look amazing. I considered doing that, but through even my own site for ECC and all the custom designs I had done for vehicles, crossover utility vehicles are one of the few I've never done. I did a slammed version of a Jeep Commander, but did I ever do one for a Honda Pilot? No. 
because it never crosses my mind to create a custom version of a CUV product. And like most of the consumers out there, myself included, CUVs are not a mainstay product that I want to customize. Maybe, just maybe, if movie franchises like Fast and the Furious start adding in crossover utility aftermarket versions, people might start to see the potential in them. The same way how the snowman showed us we can make a Honda Accord wagon cool. Station wagons became cool. Audi pushed the envelope with their RS6 Avons, but Fast and Furious showed us that even station wagons could be cool. They did it for sports cars, they did it for station wagons, they did it for sedans. Can they do it for vans? Can they do it for CUVs? Hell, they can do it for anything. When movie franchises and television franchises push those products onto the world stage, they can help them along. Now, even though car companies make a hefty profit off selling customized versions of their vehicles, they're not true aftermarket products. There's not much difference in power rating compared to a Buick Envision S or a Buick Envision. Hell, between a Chevrolet Tracker Redline and a Chevrolet Tracker, there's not much of a difference. A paint job, some custom wheels, and a small bump in power. Now, if we take those vehicles into our aftermarket shops and we tune them, we drop them with lowering springs, add body kits, and add more horsepower to them and go racing with them on the weekends, we can help this marketplace gain ground. But with kids of the future, having CUVs at their disposal as their first vehicles, maybe we're just a generation away from the CUV aftermarket marketplace taking off. Or is it just a pipe dream? So really in the end, can the CUV aftermarket marketplace take off and become as big as the sedan, wagon, sports car, even trucks and SUV marketplaces for aftermarket modifications? It has grave potential as it can go both up and down as you could drop it like it's hot or lift it like it's fun. The potential is astounding in the CUV marketplace. With wagon, coupe, or even slope roof shooting brake styles, you have the world at your fingertips with many different profiles and many different variations, this product segment is ripe for the taking. We just need to show the world what its potential is and quit only making aftermarket versions of the truck looking ones. We need to do aftermarket modifications to even the car based looking ones to help build the CUV aftermarket scene for the world. But in the end, really, would it just help if we went racing in these things? Maybe NASCAR should roll up their sleeves and create the CUV CUV racing series. Hell, they got coupe versions. It would be pretty cool to see. We've already seen sedans go racing in the British Touring Car Series. We've seen trucks go racing. Now it's time for the CUV marketplace to go racing and to show its true form in the aftermarket world. So really from Autolooks, we're asking you, please consider some of those CUV products as an aftermarket modification. Bring your kids to school in something that looks cool. You don't need to just have a standard CUV. You can make them look good. Just have some imagination. And like we said, check out 3D Tuning, 3 as in the number 3, D as in the letter D, tuning.com. And check out some of their products. I made a CX-7 look good. Maybe you can make a Traverse look good or a Tracker or a Pilot. Try it out. See what they look like and maybe, just maybe, we could build upon the CUV marketplace. So from us at autolooks.net, if you like this podcast, please like, share, or comment on social feeds. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell the world 
notes about us and the CUV aftermarket marketplace. And tell your friends if they're looking for links to all the corporate websites from car companies described within this podcast or many others, please hit up autolux.net. Corporate links is the tab you have to click. Just click the tab at the top of the screen and it'll bring you to all of them. From green to transports to sports cars to aftermarket, we got them all just sitting there for you to find. And from our host site, podbeam.com and all of its affiliates, it's tied to from iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Amazon Music, Stitcher, and many, many, many more. We thank you. We thank you for listening. So from all of us at Outlooks.net, you want to strap yourself in for this one fun wild ride. The CUV aftermarket is going to take you.